Hello there, everybody. It's me, Gary Kidney, the co-host of You've Got to Be Kidding Me on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. And I am Liam Jones, my full name, and I am also a part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network as a co-host, but you've got to be kidding me. We are a TNA history podcast that covers TNA one month at a time. We cover all the drama, all the matches, all the Vince Russo nonsense you could ever want in your life. Have you you heard of TNA? I bet you have. But would it be funnier if two people made jokes over it the whole time? Probably. So if that sounds like fun to you, check it out on this very Voices of Wrestling podcasting network, and Liam will do bits and whatnot. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. professional wrestling well you like professional wrestling too this is shake them ropes i am jeff hawkins along with chris novembrino i like to rock (laughs) i I don't know you just like you're like along with chris novembrino and i just i wanted to come in with something today i wanted to bring a little something extra to the broadcast and oh i think i did that trust me this broadcast needs all the extra it can get because here's my news bag nothing (laughs) there has been no major headlines unless i want to talk about the aew reality show which will come up in the lazy river probably yeah i I guess we're gonna have to talk a little bit about the aew <laughs> Heck of a way to get Adam Cole back on fire on track. That's the important announcement that Tony Khan had. And, and to see that to Adam Cole, clear foresight. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's an interesting stuff. choice. Yeah. But uh I, first of all, let me bring this up because this has been hot on the Twitters, kids. Mm. Sean Ross Sapp reporting that a talent in WWE is of the opinion that Vince McMahon is back in creative. Let me kill this. No, he's not. People in WWE have told me he is not. They would not lie to me if he... The the people that I have spoken to would not lie to me about this. He is not back in creative. It's just someone running at the mouth. Sean, who, look, friend of the show, been on the show, I've been a member of Fightful for years. The paywall needs to generate content, but when you, you report- gotta be careful with yes. subjects and Go predicates ahead. and news, yes. like let, let's let's cut right down to it because you, the listener, probably heard the predicate of that initial lead off of the sentence, which is Vince McMahon is back in creative. But the full sentence, the subject and predicate was a talent says Vince McMahon is back in creative. The problem with news consumption, one of the many problems with the way news consumers consume news is so often we focus on the predicate of the sentence and not the subject. And people who report news and who have businesses that are around news generation should be aware of that. And if they aren't, should make themselves aware of that and should not act in manners wherein people can get all a tizzy over predicates, even if it does generate clicks. Lots of lazy rivering this week, so let's begin. I am going to start with a mea culpa. I have been on this show the past couple weeks, and I have said... And you haven't been bringing it. I was saying that. No, no, you've absolutely been sandbagging me on air every chance you get. I've been I like not coming. Thunder in. Rosa. No. How dare you? Oh, okay. No. <laughs> Is that, that's all right. That wasn't the admission. That's fine. <laughs> no, it, Chris. I think I was wrong about this Sammy Zane thing. I was of the opinion that you don't belt Sammy because it's a good story, but it's not what's quote unquote best for business, so to speak. I'm going to read off these ratings to you and wondering if I am wrong. And especially after watching now Elimination Chamber and the way that that ended, if I am wrong on this. Smackdown on Friday, 2,383,000 viewers, 0.58 in the demo, number one again among broadcast primetime and cable originals. Raw on Monday, 2,006,000 viewers, 0.56 in the demo. 8 to 11. People watching the follow-up. 
Now, you, you, you and I watched a, a Elimination Chamber. Was I wrong on this? Should they have belted Sammy at least for a, a short run to see how the de- how the how the ratings moved here? I, I think so. Uh, I watched on Monday even with Cody's promo and comparing Cody's level of overness to Sammy's level of overness, broadly speaking, but especially in Sammy's home base of Montreal, uh, it's, it's a no contest. Uh, Sammy Zayn is the people's choice. He's the person that the people want to see take down the bloodline, even though like, why did Sammy join the bloodline in the first place? That part of the story really doesn't make any sense. Even to this day, uh, people are at the point where it's going to be the most narratively satisfying if Sammy defeats Roman Reigns. And I do think it was a big opportunity missed in Montreal. I don't, I don't even know that it's look, uh, especially for the mania faithful, right? The people who are flying in from all over the world to see mania. If it was Sammy Zayn versus Roman Reigns, that crowd's not going to let Sammy fail. Like Sammy yeah. mania is going to be electric. There's, there's not a chance in the world that that crowd let Sammy fail or would you have hardcores be... and casuals both rooting him on. Yep. Yep. I, I, so, I mean, I, I would even go so far as to say it isn't too late. Now this is not, don't let this be confused with the idea that I think WWE is going to do it. Uh, I mean, we were making our predictions based on the notion that WWE just doesn't see Zane that way. So that was yeah. I mean, our predictions going into the elimination chamber, but I do. I, I think the fans do, and yes. I think that, you know, Cody's story is quite good, but the big problem with Cody's story is it actually has everything to do with Seth Rollins and not a ton to do with Roman Reigns. He's just been airdropped into the Bloodline storyline. Yeah. Um, Ice Cold takes on Elimination Chamber. I thought it was a fun show. I thought it was imminently watchable. I didn't think there was a lot of dead time in there or anything that was remarkably bad on the show to be honest with you i thought the women's elimination chamber i thought Liv and raquel both did very very well in it and of course oscar is just oscar's on another level right now even even from pantsuit nxt oscar in terms of just having certain amount of credibility and just making everybody look like a million bucks she is on a roll right now uh, the men's elimination chamber, you know, Montez Ford got his set piece, got a big pop doing the skin, the cat gymnastics thing from the, <laughs> from the, from the rings, if you will. But you know, the top of the cage, Bronson Reed looked strong. Gargano had some great moves. I mean, imagine thinking that Johnny Gargano would have been no use to your wrestling company. I I can't imagine that, but I, I you know, the men's, even though it wasn't for high stakes, it was very good, and you know the the Logan Paul entry into there, I I I liked it. I thought you know it was clever. They haven't done that in a while, where you're leaving the cage door open to get a guy out there and somebody runs in. They haven't done that in a while, if I recall correctly. But this all tends to blend in together, and someone will tell me I'm wrong. Uh, they got they got out of Brock and uh, Bobby in a way. Um, they actually followed more or less what I predicted on our prediction. Take show. your victory lap. No, I, I mean, look, I, I I thought that this was going to mania. And so that this is the natural sort of conclusion to this, but this is also a good conclusion. If the two guys don't really like working with one another. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know a lot of people were speculating that Vince is coming back because he put Brock with almost, let me put it this way. Brock Lesnar is not doing anything that Brock Lesnar does not want himself to be doing. And I will leave it at that. Uh, and, I think there's enough there. I think we left enough there. I think we did. And and then um, and, and then the main event, and, uh, it was a very, very good match. This crowd was hot as hell. The thing that was missing for me was that one really big Sammy spot. Like, like the, if they had brought back the Brain Buster the top rope brain buster that he used to do on Roman. And he gets that 2.99 count. That's the only thing was it, was it was missing that one moment towards the end where, I mean, besides the visual pin where once 
action gets back underway where you think Sammy's going to take it. And then Roman hits a spear one, two, three, because the ending fell a little flat to me. But other than that, it's an interesting choice that they decided to make uh, with Sammy spearing Jay accidentally. Because I think what's going to happen now is Jay's going to come back and say, well, why'd you pick Kevin over me? And he's going to reinstill himself with the bloodline. And we're going to go to, we're going to where we're going. Everybody knows where we're going. It was just, we just wanted to see how we would get there. And I think that's how they get Jay back into the bloodline personally. And to me, the much more interesting way of looking at that little beat is that Roman Reigns would not sacrifice himself for Jay. He left. He, he basically fed Jay to Sammy. Yeah, I I had an idea late, um, after we taped last week. Based on an idea somebody threw to me, well, what if Kevin Owens gets Sammy disqualified? And I thought, you know, to me, another narratively satisfying conclusion to this entire thing would be Jay and Sammy as the tag champs free of the people who have been turning on them and abusing them throughout their runs in WWE. Because we know, I mean, I know a lot of people want to see Kevin Owens and Sammy together again, because they are real life best friends, but in storyline, Kevin Owens has turned on Sammy at almost every juncture that they've been together, be it as El Generico or as Sammy Zayn. So if it came to a point where, okay, KO Gets, disqu- gets Sammy disqualified. We eventually get to the tag title match, but both teams are bickering in a way. And Adam Pierce just decides, okay, whoever gets the pinfall gets to control the tag team titles. And then in some way, Sammy and Jay end up the tag team champions. I think that would have been a narratively satisfying conclusion as well. Yeah, No, I think it makes more sense at this point that Sammy and Jay end up as the tag team here because... I'm with you. Owens, his character, you know, we, we used the big fancy V word last week, verisimilitude. His character clearly is abreast in his own history. Like just see that one promo he had with Elias where he was like explaining all the reasons why he would never want to tag team with him because of all these interactions with Ezekiel. Um, Kevin Owens is going to be mad at Zayn for a long time because this is like part of, I guess, the problem of not having a good reason for joining the bloodline. There was no good reason for Sami Zayn to do any of the horrible things that he did to Kevin Owens this time around. It was for no clear purpose. At at this point, we don't even know why he really wanted to join the bloodline other than to just be like some weird obsequious kiss ass. Like it wasn't clear that he was gunning for the title. It wasn't like it, there was no clear end game. I think the story was actually, I have nothing else to do. <laughs> right. Right. And so this makes it very hard for Sammy to really, you know, have you know a, a way of making up to Kevin Owens, doing all these horrible things to him for no other reason than I had nothing better to do. Yeah. I, I thought the, uh, the <laughs> what? It's just, it's funny to me. It's like, why did you do all these horrible things to your best friend? Uh, don't know. I was, I was bored. I was bored. <laughs> crime I had nothing. Fun. I had nothing else to do. I <laughs> Crime uh, seemed cool. My, my gimmick and storyline with Johnny Knoxville had run its course. It was... I, I, I mean, for all of the good things about the bloodline as a storyline like that will forever be like a a like when we're, we're fully assessing it clearly a beat of stupid that has been woven oh, into this it, whole they're, thing they're, look let's let's not deny the other stupid in this storyline where i mean as joe lanza pounding the podium saying they haven't done anything on this story for two years they haven't done it he's right they didn't do a lot in this story for two years because they were for like a year and a half because you know, it was just trying to build up. No, that, but that's the thing. The thing with that, though, is that's what makes this whole revival of what was basically a zombie storyline so impressive. Yeah, this went from being a walking corpse of a storyline that was just doing the same thing over and over again, like a John Cena angle, um, and it went from that to being this thing that was like funny 
and entertaining and suddenly had good characterization even like that that to me is like the part that makes it good um the problem is like that all started with Sami Zayn and and that the that I think the stronger you know point of criticism is criticize the storyline once Sami Zayn gets introduced by all means and then certainly yeah like they didn't do anything with it for two years it's true I mean, (laughs) the whole idea was getting Roman Reigns to a thousand days. They weren't all going to be humdingers. Sorry, my my mind wandered back to Elimination Chamber to that spot in the men's match where Rollins and and Gargano are on top of the pod, sitting there relaxing, and all of a sudden, Rollins just chops the crap out of Gargano. Oh, I need more things like that. I think occasionally in wrestling, um, any other news or any other notes you had for elimination chamber? Cause I kind of just went through the entire rundown, but I didn't uh, get your takes on anything. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, the big thing obviously to me was, was the actual match between Roman and Sammy, uh, that opening, those opening moments were just electric, dude. Oh, Michael Cole was on fire. In those it, was opening... just, it was just so electric for like a good six or seven minutes there. It, it just, it was great. Uh, it, it had, it, I had goosebumps watching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, it, it was the thing that I need for my wrestling to feel, have that big fight feel. I don't think I've had that feeling since Money in the Bank 2011. The Punk Cena one in Chicago where that crowd, they just left it on that crowd chanting for CM Punk for an ungodly long time before they cut into cult of personality and then just let them release the tension. I also think they should have had Pat McAfee on this match, if they could have. I don't know if McAfee was available or not, but cole's preamble was fantastic and then he kind of let it linger there before he got into calling the action i thought that was strong he didn't overdo it in the in the post match stuff either i thought that was nice graves took a little bit out of it to me um i would have much rather seen mcafee's genuine excitement than i think Corey graves here a bit but i'm not gonna slag Corey graves's performance in any way it was fine playing heel color commentator, but yeah. Um, but overall, yeah, that was a, that was a fun watch. I thought, especially that match. Yeah. Yeah. That, that'll be a fun match to revisit too. Um, just it, it is unfortunate that they didn't pull the trigger. Um, because I think if they had done that, you haven't, you have a moment on the road to WrestleMania, which then allows this WrestleMania season to have potentially two really big moments in it instead of just one. Sami Zayn winning the world title at Elimination Chamber would have been like, yeah, Sami Zayn winning the world title at Elimination Chamber in Montreal. Like, that does actually feel like a historical moment that they should have made. Yeah, and then uh, to go on later that night, I, I watched uh, the Sasha Banks, Kyrie, uh title match from san jose and that was a great piece of business too sasha sasha and Kyrie both made that place look small the thing look sasha is sasha and she is great and she's always gonna have that kind of aura when she's wrestling Kyrie, they never really they never really uh tapped in to what makes her a great baby face to be honest with you, because they were so concerned with character stuff and and repetition and things like that, that they really never got her aura. But man, this match, if you haven't seen it, I, I, I highly recommend seeking it out, even if you're not a fan of the rest of the card. Find this match especially, because those two tore the house down. I won't say it's match of the year necessarily, but it but it'll be up there. Uh, for me at least. Uh, did you get a chance to see this at all or no? I did not. Okay. Uh, your turn on the Lazy River, sir. So, let's let's go to Dynamite. Let's talk about Dynamite now, shall we? Yes. Ah, uh, boy. There are... I'll start, I'll start with an easy one here. Uh, Max Caster's rap 
this week was really good. Like it, it was a really, like really, really, really at the perfect level uh, where you're not mentioning Enzo Amore directly by name, but you're invoking him in Phoenix, no less. Yeah, uh, that was, that be, was a nice touch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just like, man, like th- this, that, that made for a really nice little moment. And oh. like, I wa- it makes me less worried that the acclaimed aren't over. Like I think the people writing like the uh, the eulogy for the acclaimed are maybe writing that preemptively. Well, I think to, okay. to annotate a little bit more, he had a Robert Sarver comment on there, the former now former uh, owner of the Phoenix Suns. Um, I I loved the about the Enzo crack in Phoenix. Plus, you're you're slagging on uh, Big Bill's girlfriend slash fiance, and you know who that is, right? No, who's that? Lexi. Oh, uh, Lexi Nair, DDP's daughter, who does the backstage interviewing. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Even though it's supposed to imply Carmella. <laughs> that's that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh... But no, I, I just I like that. It, made, it just made me go like, okay, the acclaimed are fine. I I mean, I knew that they would be, but they're still really over. I I think, I think the booking patterns around them have been bad the last several months, but I think they're they're good enough to survive for at least right now. All right, I'll give you another shot on the lazy river. I've went a long time on mine. Okay, well then let let's talk about MJF. <laughs> yes. Right in my wheelhouse. Go ahead. Yeah, I feel like every week we get further and further away from the target. And this is a game of hot and cold, and each week I'm just saying cold when I'm reviewing MJF. We keep doing the origin story. MJF is kind of like a Gen Z, uh, like late millennial uh, sort of Joker type figure here uh, with various interactions with women being the origins uh, story for him and, or an email with William Regal. Uh, like those two are kind I, I of want, the same. Yeah, it, yeah. William Regal, honestly, <laughs> I mean, kind of is like a mother to all of us. If you really think about it, but uh, this week we were t- treated to the heartbreak of MJF now being his story. You might remember that just a, a mere couple of weeks ago, he was talking about leaving a girl for dead in a car after uh receiving fellatio from her uh and 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 anyways point being now his fiance has dumped him and this is why he hates brian danielson and of course i i i think it's i mean even there's like two problems with this one in storyline it reads as clearly disingenuous if you paid attention to any of this story over the last month and then that is only further muddied by the fact that it's somewhat like connected to things that are actually happening in his real life. But, you know, okay, there just because there's reporting that says, ah, you know, MJF's going through a breakup right now, that actually doesn't necessarily mean it needs to be part of your storyline. Is, is there reporting uh, of that? There has been there has been reporting to that effect. Oh, I haven't seen it because I thought this was just pure work. But okay. No, no, no. There has been. Uh, I, I believe from uh, your friend. Okay. Well, yeah. I'll take a look. Yeah. Um. But uh, I mean, just just because there's been reporting on it, uh, doesn't mean that uh that makes this suddenly a good storyline, because, like, at the end of the day, what is motivating MJF right now? Some weeks, he's this gimmick guy with the scarfs and the big Burberry belt and, you know, like the, the need for shtick. He's a shticky, uh, ritzy sort of I'm, I'm richer than you, almost million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, sort of gaudy heel champion. Other weeks, he wants you to know that he's the sickest guy that you've ever known. No, oh, he's sick. He, you know, he'd do, he'd do the worst stuff because he, he's a total scumbag. Uh, that's that's his own rhetoric. So some weeks he's a ruthless scumbag, and then this week he's this sad guy who like never have a family, um, which rings hollow. And even Danielson should see through this. Like the problem with Danielson being like, "Don't you say those things about my daughter?" 
And he said it with the same degree of passion to me. So there's actually two problems. The first problem <laughs> is that you're not supposed to deliver that line like that. It's kind of like, Jeff, I just got the news today. It turns out my mom's totally got cancer. Hey, like, man, that's actually get your that's hands not the, off her. <laughs> yeah, hey, you're not supposed to be doing that. Like back to the, <laughs> like, like yeah. back to the future, like yeah. Crispin Glover. <laughs> hey, man, you get your damn hands off her. <laughs> yeah, like so. The, beyond the line <laughs> delivery, which which was quite bad, Daniel Brian Danielson is doing a cover band of Daniel Bryan right now, and it's pretty sad to see, dude. Like it, it is, it it's it, he he is shades of his former self. Before you move on, I want to cover this. I'm not done. I know I'm you're not, not done. done. I know you're not done, but I want to take a bit of a break here to to comment on what you said because I think it's a very good point. Is that not only is in it, he, he's not an egotistical prick to quote Tony Schiavone anymore. He's a sociopathic egotistical prick where every origins, I mean, everything is about, you know, oh, I was, I was a victim of anti-Semitism in high school and I almost killed myself. I didn't, I didn't get great, uh, great reviews from William Regal and I almost killed myself. This girl dumped me and I almost killed myself. I understand that this is for heelish effect in some ways, but it also just... It doesn't sum to be anything. It, the, the, the problem is all the these... It's the cried wolf. All these scenes don't sum together to be anything. Right. right. I, I, don't, I don't believe the characterization of this guy. It's not right. that I don't believe him. I, at the end of the day, don't know what this makes him. Yes, and I think this goes to a larger problem is MJF for three years on TV and even before that in the indies. He's the rich kid who's in this to make a lot of money and bang a lot of rats. Okay, that's his motivation. He's he he's he's Ric Flair without the uh, pizzazz, if you will, if you want. And now we find out his real motivation was the white picket fence and the wife at home making dinner for him so he could get home at 5 p.m. and play with his kids. And he's angry at Brian Danielson for giving that up because he has to do professional wrestling to make his money. Brian Danielson has everything he ever wanted. MJF is Frank Grimes from The Simpsons. I, I know. <laughs> I mean, and right now, the most narratively satisfying way of understanding why she left him is because just a couple of weeks ago, he admitted to almost killing another woman on national television. It seems like it's a lot of drama with MJF. You know, you know, honey. I, I, I don't know. I don't know that you're the one. Maxwell. It, you know, Maxwell, I, I wanted to have tacos tonight, but I didn't have any shells. Oh, my God. When I was a kid. <laughs> Once again, anti-Semitism rears its ugly head. Taco Tuesday ruined, ruined by bigotry, and he almost kills himself that night. But it's like, my God, this is such a simple story, and we're not telling it. We're we're going for the most. The weird thing is, we are in a wrestling war. And a lot of people on, on one side of the battle want to be like the other side of the battle in so many ways in their storytelling. <laughs> be it this, be it the House of Black with their creepy... <laughs> We've assessed you. We need to have an assessment. Or what, was the, what was the line they did? Almost like it was a human resources. <laughs> it's time for your yearly review about how you're holding these trios titles. Okay. Great, but still, it's like the melodrama and just the angst, the angst involved in these gimmicks is mind-blowing to me. It's just... It's... Uh, they've been telling the wrong story, though, for weeks here. Like, like this, this entire feud with Danielson does not need to be MJF Origins. Like, this... Brian Danielson is not his scarecrow. Um, I mean... If, if anything, Danielson should be the one who is the focus of this storyline. He is the juggernaut. He is coming after MJF. Yes. And we think that he is going to crush him. Like, this is David versus Goliath, and we're rooting for Goliath. 
Um, we want the bigger, we want the, the tougher guy, the guy who we think, you know, is the more rightful champion to come in there and crush, you know, crush little MJF and MJF ha- like basically should find a way out of this, but should be terrified the entire way and completely uncertain that he's able to do this until the very last moment. And he's surprised even when his plan comes to fruition, right? Ra- th- this, <coughs> has been like story time with MJF. It's yeah, it's the Joker telling us over and over again his origins and like none of them are true. I mean the, the, the best story they were telling was that was that Daniel Bryan said you're a fraud and I'm a much better wrestler than you and right. I'm going to take that title. And then when MJF beat Takeshita clean, it should give him that little bit of of, you know, well you're not that good type of a thing and that's all you really need for this feud. You don't need I'm killing women on the freeway on prom night. <laughs> he he stinks. Uh, his his character stinks, and like, they really have worked themselves into a corner with MJF because they've been trying to counter program the bloodline on the other TV show. Um, and so you can't have M. And yes, obviously, you know, like the Khan doesn't probably sit there when he's writing out the show and think about what is the bloodline doing as the first beat of how we're going to do what we're doing with MJF, but what the bloodline is doing limits what you can do with the heel champion on your show before it starts looking like you're trying to copy the other show. So MJF can't put together a faction. MJF can't really get a manager. Um, I mean, he could get like a heel woman manager, but like, what does that really do for him? He can't keep a girlfriend. He can't get a family. Yeah. yeah, Right. Right. See, right. No. Cause if he had a family, that would be too much like the other show. So like, you you see, this is the thing. Like Roman Reigns has a family. Uh, MJF has to kill all of them. (laughs) Let's counterbalance that because, because you brought him up earlier. And I think so Cody Rhodes comes out to cut his promo to start himself on this path to WrestleMania. And Paul Heyman interrupts. Are we implying that Paul Heyman wants to sleep with Brandy? Yes, yeah, that's, that's what I that was And and was now we're got, is it is it almost time for open mic bitch? <laughs> Cuz now she's involved. And it's one of those things where if you're talking about somebody off screen or off stage. Oh, it's Chekhov's Brandy. You're eventually, yes. Chekhov's Brandy is right there and it has to be used at some point in this story now. I, oh, I just, the crowd's going to turn on him really fast when yes. he's baby face champion because she stinks. Yes. They may pop for an initial slap, but if you repeatedly put her on TV. This is going to be law of diminishing returns. Did we need the, this was MJF level crassness in some ways. And I'll go back to the MJF promo in a second, but no, it's because Cody Rhodes doesn't actually fit into the bloodline story. Yes. That's why this stinks. It like they, they have to do this like family history thing uh, to make it feel, you know, personal, like it's family business Paul Heyman's known your family for so Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? 
I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Long, but like he might come over and sleep with your wife. I, 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 <laughs> how, like, how is that supposed to work? I, there, there are so many beats missing to that. I'm like, so like, you think Paulie has some game with Brandy? You think he, I, <laughs> he, he like, how good can you? I mean, I know he's a good promo, but that's not, that's not, that's how, a different kind of promo, my friend. Yeah, it's not how it works with women. No, charisma and personality go a long way, but. There are limits to that as well, <laughs> especially when you're talking top tier talent. Um, <laughs> when when MJF uh, decides to say, "I'm going to talk to your, I'm going to talk to your family, your daughter right now," and he starts to position the camera and speak into the microphone, why isn't Brian Danielson out of the ring and about to? just elbow him in the jaw instead of standing there and taking it. When he says, if you talk about my family, I'm going to kill you. Uh, I mean, the, <laughs> the worst part, they're like, so beyond that incredible delivery that Danielson brought to that. Hey, you get your hey, damn hands off her. Uh, you, you better be scared of me right now because nothing can stop me. MJF. I'm coming for that title. And if you say any, if you even say a, a word, about my two children, I will be very mad at you. No, beyond that incredible delivery that Danielson brought to it, uh, it made him look like the stupid baby face because MJF's story, one of the two stories he told, either the one where he killed the woman or this one is not true. And the fact that he told both means that you shouldn't take the one that's true even all that seriously in its own way. I'm going to go like, back to... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, what were you going to say? I was going to say I'm going to go back to things that suck in a moment because I want to actually get some positivity on the show a little bit. Emmy Sakura is just great. Uh, I watched AEW Dark this week, and she and Billy start. Uh, here's my comparison for the run she's having right now is that early 90s WCW NWA uh, Cactus Jack Manson matches where he'd just throw his body all over the place. Emmy Sakura's doing that on the YouTube shows for our pleasure and entertainment. That queen gimmick is there, but they've gotten rid of all of that. And she's just a monster. And she's fantastic. And if you're not watching at least her matches on the darks and dark elevations, you need to. Because she's the best thing going on probably any show in AEW right now, other than maybe Jeff Jarrett, who is a god amongst men, naturally. Uh, your turn, Chris. I'll let you go again. Um, Way too much blood in this main event for a match that did not need anywhere near this level of blood. Like, Evil Uno bleeding a gusher during this. Uh, the, the When they had the bulldog choke on him, and he's, like, spurting out blood, I'm like... What the hell are we doing this for? Why? Why is this happening? I Look, just didn't get the entire characterization of the Blackpool Combat Club this week. Because for weeks we've been doing this thing where Danielson's kind of been a little bit heelish, and now we super babied him up. On the same week, we've decided to just absolutely heal both Wheeler Yuta and, and Moxley. And some, If Moxley was going to do this, to Uno, and I liked Uno's promo where he's like, look, the Dark Order needs to be taken seriously. Okay, he's going to be the sacrificial guy. I get that. But we needed a Moxley promo saying, I'm going to kill you. As opposed to just this weekly bloodletting by Moxley just to, because he likes bleeding during wrestling matches. I mean, I like blood. I like blood in my blow-off matches. 
I don't necessarily need blood in my week to week when it's not really a heated feud. And this I wasn't a 10 like, minute match. Yeah. I don't feel like Moxley hates evil Uno all that much. Unless you're going to predicate it with something where he's like, I'm going to make, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to make an example out of you this week. Mm. Or you have Uno go up to Moxley explicitly and say like, I'm going to make an example out of you, John. Like, like people are going to take the dark order seriously. You know, like, have Udo basically dig his own grave here before he gets annihilated by Moxley a little bit. But like I, I it was a silly thing to use as a main event for Dynamite. Uh, it was just not like a worthy main event level match. Moxley's was... already bleeding and in the post match, Hangman comes in and pulls out barbed wire. Oh. What? <laughs> is is this now a barbed wire Texas death match? Or are we just are we just setting up for the props that are going to be underneath the ring? We're going to have a couple of boards with some electrified barbed wire, and it's going to become an FMW type match like Omega and Moxley was. Oh, I hope maybe there can be landmines. Maybe we can get back to some of the good stuff. I think we might be. I think we're going to have an FMW style death match on this thing. I, I do. Yeah, sweet. Um, so they have stupid baby faces. No, no. Let's talk about oh. Blackpool, though. No, I, I think the decision to like turn Blackpool mostly heel this week is baffling, considering you want to build up sympathy for Brian Danielson at the same time on the very same program. <laughs> yes. Like the, the <laughs> obvious question, if you are paying attention to this as a fan coming out of this, is well, if Danielson's like you know like. MJF's mad Danielson because Danielson won't stop wrestling. Does is MJF have a point? Is he right? Is Danielson actually a bad guy? All Why aren't his friends keeping bad. him from being concussed again? Right. Or does he <laughs> tell them he doesn't care? Backstage, he's like, listen, I don't even care about my two kids. Uh, I, 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 I just want to wrestle. It's all I want. I don't even love my wife. <laughs> Now you got to do a poor Udo line reading too to go along with. It. Hey, that's not very nice. I don't need to listen to anything that you have to say any anymore, Orange Cassidy. He got he kind of reminds me a little bit of like Rick from Rick and Morty. If you like drop the voice a little bit, like if like Rick was now like in his twenties. Uh, like slightly more confident, but still able to be pushed over. With Although I will of... say, heel Yuta is far more interesting to me than babyface Yuta in any way. Absolutely, he's Brad Armstrong. He's Brad Armstrong to a T. He's much more interesting as a heel than he is as a babyface. Um, much more interesting interaction between him and like the best part to me, the Orange Cassidy and Yuta thing was the promo before the match. Um, at the end of the match. Having Castagnoli come out there and be like, you to know, like still made him seem a little bit like, like the twerpy boy who's like being trained to be bad rather than being actually bad. But like, still, I, I actually really enjoyed the orange casting you to match. I, I like to put over something, the wrestling, the wrestling on the show is pretty good. Like, yeah. Like, the wrestling yeah, was great. I mean, yeah, but like good wrestling alone, paradoxically, good wrestling alone does not a good wrestling show make. Right. Um, like Ricky Starks and Jericho, like that segment stunk still. That Starks was, is, that was totally bad at, at character acting. He is not good at character work. No. And this was a rock segment for him. And he couldn't carry that. Jericho is driving this thing completely, which doesn't make, doesn't help Starks at all, which is baffling to me. And I think I know the ending to this. The, There's a new member to the Jericho Appreciation Society. And his name is Action Andretti. Mm, of course. <laughs> but all it was just all leading up to the pen thing. And it's like, it's it's so odd that most of this Jericho character work is throwbacks. It, it's member berries for his WWE runs. <laughs> and I don't think it helps AEW all that much. It just helps Jericho feel like he's a big guy because he was in WWE. And, and that just the pen from the list. I mean, I, I get that, but uh, let's talk about another stupid baby face because the first half of this thing with jungle boy and Christian, I adored. 
if Jungle Boy had just come out and speared Christian, done the wipe the feet thing and walked away, I'm in. I'm into this, you know, decades long feud, it feels like, between these two parties that never gets resolved. It's like the bloodline. But then he comes back with the chairs and he turns into Bailey versus Alexa Bliss. And he forgets how to hit somebody with a chair because he has that moment of conscience and he gets hit in the jimmy. And you're just like, you are an you're a damn idiot. Get out of here. I don't I don't care anymore. No, I I I I hate I hate this. This is really to me like it's a it's what of all the circular bookings in AEW, the Christian Jungle Boy one has been one of the longest that has gone nowhere. Since the turn. Well, that's like, the thing we missed in Elimination Chamber. Just to go off track here, we forgot about that entire edge. <laughs> the mixed tag where Beth and Rhea just decided to have an all-Japan women's match from the early 90s. That was awesome, but no. That, no, no, that was... Beth, Beth's quite talented in the ring still. Uh, <sighs> yeah, like That was a slobber knocker between dude, that, the women. That was really, no, that was really impressive. Like, they, the, no, dudes, I, I the dudes just need to take a moment and just, just step back and go, our, 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 uh, our, our, the, the women in this match are far outshining us right now. And yeah. one of them's been retired for almost a decade. Yeah. Uh, no, it, 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 it was an impressive re, uh, refamiliarization with Beth Phoenix as a talent. In like, yeah. And, and you can just tell that Rhea's thrilled to death to be working with Beth. Um, and Beth looks, Beth looked great, dude. Like, yeah, I, I, I was, yes, very impressed by her. Um, but continue on your Christian. Sorry to this Christian thing since the turn. Like we it never sucks. really under why, why does sucks. why does he manipulate Luchasaurus? I know. Yeah. Like it, it, there are so many of these stories in wrestling right now that and the bloodline was was one of them right alongside with all these other ones in AEW that was just seemingly stuck in amber. Uh, forever. Uh, what was that one in NXT UK that was actually frozen in amber for a while? Oh, was that uh, was that uh, men or women? Because I'm, I'm was, thinking was, of Isla Dawn. No, it was a male feud. It was uh, Oliver Carter, or it was uh, the oh, other one. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, no, it was a uh, Whoop guy, Whoop guy, and, and uh, Kofi. Uh, that tag. No, 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 oh, no. It wasn't. Kenny it was Amir P- Jordan. Kenny Peters. Amir Jordan and Kenny Peters. Amir Jordan and Kenny. Yeah. Yeah. Kenny Williams. Kenny, Kenny Williams. Williams. Kenny Williams. Yeah. Yes. Where where the the breakup lasted three years. Literally three three left, the, years. left the company for a year and a half. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason why we harp on this is is because in my viewing, I'm watching a lot of Freebirds. The simple story of the one night on Christmas where it starts with Buddy Roberts can't make it. So they have Mike Von Erich team with Gordy and Mike to win the six-man titles. Mike immediately relinquishes his third so that Buddy can have it because you call each other brothers, and if I know my brother were in that situation, you'd look out for them. Later that night, Kerry Von Erich versus Ric Flair in the cage. Terry Gordy manning the cage. Michael Hayes, special referee. Flair gets lippy with Michael Hayes at some point, not following the rules. Hayes knocks him out. Terry doesn't want to win that way. Misunderstanding where he shoves Mike out of the cage. Terry slams the door on Kerry's head. Automatic heel turn. Nuclear heat. Simple storytelling in one night. I just, you know, it's... It just needs to be planned, guys. You just need to have a beginning and an end and write everything in the middle. But you don't. You, you, you have your end point, you have your beginning point, and you let people just wing it, I guess, or something. I, I, it's it's frustrating to me, Chris. It really is at some points. Like, I'll, I'll give you another thing on my lazy river list here. This, this Becky Bailey thing sucks. And I love both performers. And it's breaking my damn heart. They're doing these stupid comedy with the door trish stratus is back there not being used because of because dakota's not ready to go yet so you can't really do the three-on-three thing just yet becky and and lita were feuding a year ago (laughs) 
But no, they explained elegantly and cleanly why that none of that mattered. Uh, why was that, Chris? Reasons. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, this, we need a program for mania. Let's do this. Do we need to make it make sense? No. I'm just, ah. Uh, uh, what else do you have on your list here, Chris? Let me hear something from you. Booker T. Almost <laughs> completely made up for his presence on commentary this week when Vic Riley asked him how he felt when Queen Charmel was kidnapped by the boogeyman and Booker T like goes like, what are you doing asking me a question like that? <laughs> and, and, and then, and w- which at first I thought was just like him just throwing it down, but no, he goes the opposite direction. He proceeds to rant about the boogeyman for like a good 60 seconds. Like that, like he never should have been in the company. How does a guy like that even have documents? Like just a burial. <laughs> Because I believe he was on the uh, was Booker on the tough enough season where the boogeyman lied about his age. I'm not sure about that. He oh, might have been. he might have been. You're right. You're right. But yeah, that <laughs> NXT sometimes gives some glimpses into Booker T's soul, and I just <laughs> yeah, that, no, that 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 was uh, that was fascinating. Um. I mean, also, you mentioned the fabulous Freebirds, and I'm glad you did that. It's a nice segue into my next point here. Jinder Mahal with Indu Sheer is really like the modern-day fabulous Freebirds. Don't you, you dare. Don't you ever dare put that in my head. I think, of him, I think of him as a bit of like a Michael P.S. Hayes well, type hold on. figure. Who, who were more Freebird-ish, Indu Sheer and, and Jinder Mahal or Jinder Mahal and the Bollywood Boys? I mean, really, if you think about Jinder Mahal with – Drew McIntyre and Heath Ledger or Heath Slater uh, were were probably the most. <laughs> well, you, you see, like the Jinder Mahal version is like the Jim Jimmy Garvin, uh, Bad Street version of the Freebirds, and the In the Share is the it's the gory rock. Yeah, 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 you're thinking of like yeah, basically <laughs> In the Share is kind of like Terry Bam Bam Gordy. Yes, there you go. <laughs> combined, you combine them. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, Classic match between Breaker and Mahal. Wrong man won, but uh, worth your time. Uh, go out of your way to catch this one, people. Oh, I thought you were going to go out of your way to talk about this Dabo Kato promo. Ah, another fantastic moment on the show. Um, I'm glad that you brought it up. Well, Please. what do you have to say about Dabo Kato? I don't have to say it. Daba Kato. Daba Kato. <laughs> I just... You left me. <laughs> why do we have why, why do we have so many wrestlers with abandonment issues? And, because all the money all the money can't fill the hole that's in these men's hearts, Jeff. That's what makes it dramatic. Why are the ratings so low? It's because all the wrestlers Because are... my father left me. Because my daddy left me or whatever. It... I just I'm I'm sorry if this show's gone off the rails, but I don't care at this point. I'm having too much fun. Uh, Von Wagner and Robert Stone is also really fun, too. It's like now moving into an abusive relationship. But that's fun in that Dominic Mysterio way to me. Oh, yeah. Where 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 it's grown on me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where he's just shouting his psychological (laughs) issues at the ends of promos. And and Vaughn Wagner's delivery will never get tired for me. No, because it's so bad, it's good. It's so bad. Uh, You want to fight me? Uh, Don't don't think about running your mouth to me, buddy. I will make you regret that. Uh, um, A little bit of serious uh, career homicide in some ways. Back to Dynamite. What is Aussie Open doing in that Battle Royal if they're not going to win it and you think that they have some value as one of the best tag teams in the world? Yeah, I I mean... And doing all their good stuff during the picture-in-picture commercial break. And then, then, Chris, you know, Tony... Oh, no, I'm not going to go into Tony Khan uh, because I kind of like Tony Khan, to be honest with you. He just runs his mouth a little too much. Tony Khan Khan was so impressed 
with Aussie Open in this battle royal. He gave him a match with the Young Bucks for Rampage. Mm. Mm. That's, uh, that's a prestige spot right there. But I guess this is the main event now because I brought Tony Khan up. Yeah, no, you brought up Tony Khan, and uh, Tony <laughs> Khan decided that he needed to have a little camera focus this week on the show. And uh, when we got into Tony, he had a big announcement that he handed off to the right person to do this, the re-debuting. We're not quite sure if he's babyface or heel or what the hell he is, Adam Cole. Uh, so now, question mark Adam Cole tells us about this brand new one-hour program that will be starting up soon. Uh, what's it called? Like All Elite Access or something? All Access, I believe. All Access. Strong name. Strong name. The and... stories behind the people you see on TV, because you mm. see there's such rich and interesting people on screen. They're just like me, but they're different. Now that so, said, let, let me yeah. let me give the positives of this because I look if this helps enrich the product in any ways, it won't. I, I, I'm I, I, okay. I, I I'm trying try to play devil's advocate, Chris. Don't no, I know, me. but like like Rampage doesn't help the product. No, no, no. And the thing is, if if this is real reality, cool. If this is Roads to the Top Part Two or Total Bellas or Total Divas or it's or Chris Lee knows best, or hey, what, no, what? no, you keep Chris Lee out, out your damn mouth. Oh, that is the worst show. I will, on I will, I will, I will. The sacrifice only person the who should not be in prison from that show is the old lady, who <laughs> whose lines are so stupid. I find them funny. I hope the whole family becomes president in twenty twenty four. All of them. Biden steps down and the Chrisley's run. Yeah, Republicans don't run anybody. Biden steps down, Chrisley's to the White House. Done. Those, those kids are dumb as rocks. But anyway, yeah, I, number one, Tony Khan, as soon as he sees the red light, the fear of God comes in his face. Like, I'm on television and the nation is watching me. And I got I to hurry up and get this line out and get off camera real quick. So why do you do it? Don't do it anymore, Tony. Um, But yes, Adam Cole... Uh, somewhat disingenuous baby face. I don't know. He and Britt are going to be the focus of this. That's an interesting choice, too, in some ways. I mean, look, I... this week we had somebody come into the dentist's office. I'm just like, okay, if it's that, I don't want to see it. If If it's, you know, I mean, there are stories to be told here. It's just one of those things where it's like, you want deep and rich, interesting characters on TV, and then you want to see the people behind playing those characters and how they're a little bit different. On this, you have a lot of vanilla people on there, and you're trying to make them interesting by giving them contrived situations. It's kind of the total opposite effect. I don't know that Adam Cole and Britt Baker are like interesting enough to be the power couple babyface power couple of AEW and that sort of seems like what we're that sort of seems like we're repositioning what we're repositioning for America uh, likes looking into the lives of attractive people Chris yeah and Brit and Adam are, are attractive are they attractive enough to compensate for not being interesting enough this is the four I don't have the math here I don't have the hard math. I'm just saying, they strike me as being right on the line. This show needs to be about Jeff Jarrett and only Jeff Jarrett. Right. Now, there's an attractive person who is interesting. And, and a winner. And a winner. And again, I don't want my baby faces stupid. I want my heels somewhat stupid. When he and Jay Lethal do the double Fargo strut as Orange Cassidy is getting paraded around on... <laughs> Or as, or as, yeah, as, uh, no, as Trent is being paraded around on Orange Cassidy's shoulders, not getting out of the bow row, that's the kind of stupidity I'm here for. I'm here for Satnam, I'm here for Satnam Singh. That's who I'm here for. And how he acclimates to culture. Yeah. Um, uh, what were we talking about? We were talking about this AEW reality show and whether or not, uh, okay. And then, yeah. So, like, I feel, 
Like, I guess Adam Cole would be an okay feud for MJF because that's the other thing that it seems like we're sort of, if he's going to be a babyface, he would make some sense as a decent feud for MJF. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know that, I don't know that he's a solution to their problems right now. Um, I've, I've been less enamored with Adam Cole, I think, than some people are. He uh he was a good NXT champ, but was he a, was he a WWE champ? No, right? No, you know what I mean. I, I, there's something missing. There's always been something missing for me with him. Uh, I mean, I, I think for me, I, I I think he's a very good wrestler. It's just if you've seen the Adam Cole match, you've seen the Adam Cole match, and and that to me makes it kind of like okay. You know, he, you know, here's the fan. And if you've heard the Adam Cole promo, you've heard the Adam Cole promo. Yes, it's story time, baby. With Adam Cole, you're not the best. I'm the best. Yeah, and he doesn't really. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I, yeah, I'm. I, I also just don't know that more product is the cure to AEW's ills, because we're gonna have this Ring of Honor show. We have two darks that people don't even watch all that much. A rampage that is flailing a little bit. I'll, I'll look. I'll give the devil its due. It was on an earlier time on Friday, so the low rating was the low rating. But it, it's not like any of these other auxiliary things have caught fire for them. the The Wednesday show is still very solid. Okay, I don't mean to say the ship be sinking on them, which is what a lot of people took our comments last week as when we were talking about the wrestling war. But. They're, they're they're coming out with a lot of different flavor to use the coke analogy with WWE they're coming they're 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 Dr Pepper with a lot of different flavors right now but it's not helping Dr Pepper sales no those flavors are bad I had the berries and I had the strawberries and cream zero sugar yeah uh I hated the first can but by the 12th can I liked it Interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, because I, I, I tried the strawberries and cream. I was like, this is this is toxic and and ought to be banned in several states. I'm pretty sure it tore the enamel enamel off my teeth. Uh, do you have anything else in in your list? Um, so it looks like Fallon Henley has like the devil inside of her, and she's gonna or not Fallon Henley. Um, Tatum Paxley has the devil inside of her, and she's the one who attacked uh old uh what's her face Nikita, Nikita. Lyons. Yeah, but you know, I'm starting to think that that's going to be a red herring. That she, it's it's not actually going to be her. I howled at Tiffany Epiphany. Yes, I have. A, I had a Tiffany Epiphany. She is fantastic. I on the character work, she is fantastic. You I, know who's not fantastic is Tyler friggin' Bate. My <sighs> God, he stunk up the joint in two different segments this week. He is uh, dull as dishwater. Dude, he came out there, he flopped in front of the house, and then afterwards he has that encounter with Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes. And, like, they – I mean, he, Bates' character sucks so bad. Like, he, you know, and so, like – This is career – This is, he should sue for how badly they've managed the, the best part of his early 20s. Dude, I know. Like – he he so I want to put the old uh the old a picture of the old Tyler Bate from like eight years ago on a milk carton and be like, have you seen this man? So so who does uh the virgin lose his virginity to? Fallon? Uh Kiana James, uh porn accountant, or hot buxom Brazilian secretary G. Ooh. Oof. It's gonna be G and that's gonna upset it like it's gonna that's what's gonna that's upset. That's the strongest Kiana. of the three choices in my opinion. <laughs> it, well that's that's what's gonna upset Kiana. Yes. Like that would be the that would be the thing that like that would be the thing that would break up the tag team. The secretary? Okay. I mean, none of this has made any sense anyway. So no. like yeah, yeah, like no, I it's it's very it's it's bad. Um, I can't believe they made somebody's virginity a storyline. I mean, Rey Mysterio went blonde a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
they thought they were going to get out of that somehow. There are so many bad stories in wrestling <laughs> right now. That makes the good one look like a world beater. That's right. Thing. No, the bloodline looks good. This is the real point about the bloodline. The bloodline looks good because you have been eating crap for so long that, like, you, you know, you've been living at the old country buffet. So, like, I'm taking you to an Outback Steakhouse, and it seems like you're going to a five-star Michelin-rated restaurant. <laughs> like, that's, that's the bloodline. Yeah, that said, we'll have a, we'll have a uh, revolution preview next week. I have nothing else to say on wrestling this week. Me I'm neither. Done. I'm done. So let's leave it there. You can follow me at Crap Game 13. You can follow the show at Shake Them Ropes, all one word. That feed uh, updates as uh, it gets dropped. But we are part of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Shows for almost any type of fandom you want, including our brand new, it's been on for a few weeks, but it's still brand new to you. Good, the Bad, the Hungy AEW show, the flagship with Joe and Rich, which is the mothership from which we all suck at their teat. And uh, <laughs> just gonna otherwise, rant. we have no fuel. We have no fuel if we don't suck at the teeth. I, I just, I don't know. I didn't know how to put it for them, so I just I used know. that terrible thing. Uh, I also do a show called The Dynamite Show over on Fight Game Media, uh, Patreon.com/slash Fight Game Media for five bucks a month. Whole slate of shows over there. But if you want hot takes and thorough, perhaps to the microscopic level, deconstruction of every segment on Dynamite. We start recording about 10 minutes after the show starts. We're going to be live next week on the YouTube channel for Fight Game Media. Please check it out. You can uh, follow Chris on his socials. He's going to give you info on that now. D-O-C-T-O-R underscore N-O-V is where you can follow (coughs) the musical happenings in my life. If you want guitar lessons, hit me up there as well. Don't Worry About the Government is a show that I have done. Uh, someone reached out about building uh, or rebuilding the website, and I might get in touch with them here. Uh, I need to decide if I'm really interested in doing politics-y stuff again. I don't know that I am. But I am still interested in teaching you guitar, so hit me up on Instagram for lessons. And we'll see you next week for our Revolution Preview. I like to rock. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said done. Hi, I'm Case Lowe, co-host of the Open the Voice Gate podcast. The one question I'm constantly asked when it comes to Dragon Gate is how do I get into the promotion? Well, stop asking and start listening to the Open the Voice Gate podcast released every Wednesday on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. For exclusive news and show reviews, look no further than the leader in Dragon Gate coverage, Open the Voice Gate.